Have you ever considered the impact your work environment has on your health and your productivity? Enter Uplift Desk, a revolutionary standing desk designed to transform the way you work. And that's just the beginning of what Uplift Desk has to offer. With an emphasis on ergonomics and customization, Uplift Desk offers a solution that caters to the dynamic needs of modern professionals. Whether you're coding, designing, or podcasting, like I am right now, the flexibility to switch between sitting and standing can significantly enhance your focus and vitality. What makes Uplift Desk stand out is not just their commitment to quality and innovation, but also their dedication to creating a healthier workspace. With options to customize from over 100 desktop materials and a plethora of accessories, Uplift Desk ensures that your work setup is uniquely yours, promoting better posture and movement throughout the day. And here's an offer to get you started on a healthier work journey starting today. Go to upliftdesk.com slash timecrafting for 5% off your order. That's upliftdesk.com slash timecrafting to get 5% off your entire order. Your health, your productivity, your future self will thank you. Again, that's upliftdesk.com slash timecrafting and get 5% off your entire order today. Have you ever had that heart-stopping moment when you realized you forgot the password to a critical account? I have, and that's exactly why I switched to 1Password years ago, and honestly, it's been a game-changer. I can't do without 1Password, and I know that if you give it a try, you will feel the same way. And when you support our sponsors, then you support the show. So I encourage you to check out what 1Password has to offer One of the things 1Password has to offer is it combines top-tier security with an award-winning design, making password management a breeze for anyone, anywhere. From the moment I started using 1Password, I said goodbye to the days of resetting passwords and worrying about security breaches. You see, 1Password isn't just about convenience. It's about saving you from the real cost of data breaches and the daily time suck of password resets. It works seamlessly across all your devices, filling in passwords for you so that you can sign in with a click. And the best part, all you need to do is remember one strong password that protects everything else. I've been using 1Password for as long as I can remember. My family is using it. Everyone in this household has bought in. It's, again, a game changer. It's completely transformed how I handle my digital security and my family feels the same way. We've gotten away from using the same passwords again and again and again, or sticky note reminders or having that notebook that says passwords I must remember. Plus, 1Password is trusted by millions, including giants like IBM and Slack. With 1Password, my digital life and my family's digital life is not only more secure, but infinitely simpler. And look, if you've ever been frustrated by a family member constantly asking for passwords, 1Password's secure sharing has been a total relationship saver for me. It's so secure that the Associated Press relies on it in high-risk areas, which means it's more than capable of keeping your digital life safe and streamlined. So why not make the switch? Protect yourself, your family, and your business with 1Password. It's the simple and secure way to manage your digital life. And right now, listeners of A Productive Conversation get a free two-week trial at onepasswordcom slash productive convo. 
That's two free weeks at onepassword.com slash productive convo. Again, onepassword.com slash productive convo. Check out one password. I know you'll fall in love with it like my whole family has. Again, that's onepassword.com slash productive convo for two free weeks. Check it out today. Hey everybody, Mike Vardy here, the Productivityist Podcast, and we have with us this week somebody who's actually done a, a bit of work over Productivityist, and he's got his own thing that he's, well, you've got more than one own thing, uh, Jim. Jim Woods, uh, he is my guest this week on the show. Thanks, Jim, for joining me on the show. Thank you, Mike, for having me. Now, um, we had to wait till your part of the woods thawed out because it's now we're in springtime. So it's probably you didn't get hit as hard this year, did you? In terms of in terms of winter, or was it? Because uh, I know the East Coast. Get I, I got hard. hit pretty hard. It was there was a few weeks there where it was about a foot of snow, and Jeez. that was that was pretty rough. Yeah. <laughs> yikes! Yikes! Um, during that time, though, the nice thing about that is that you can kind of, you I mean, there's no point in going outside. You know, the snow is going to melt. So why not just stay inside and work on something big? And you created something big that has been out just for, it's not been out for too long, but it's been out for a little while. Um, why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about what you've created? And then I want to kind of dive into why you built it, what, what needs it fulfills, things like that. Because um, I know as somebody who's working on not just one, but two books right now concurrently, um, that the the idea of writing a book seems far more daunting when you're not starting to write the book <laughs> than when you're actually in the process. So why don't you go ahead and share with our listeners what you've, what you've built, what you've created and, and how you hope it will help people. Sure. I, I've created a course called write, publish, share. Again, it's called write, publish, share, because I think those are the three core components of writing a book, of releasing a book into the world. And it's a course it's a book, it's a community, and there is even options uh, to have me, you know, coach throughout the process. I've just, honestly, I've wrote this, this course and this book to help a lot of folks who are just like me. Before I wrote a book, I had all of these books that were half done. And there is nothing worse in the world than having a half finished book, because you're not sure if it's good, you're not sure if it's bad, you're just getting into the difficult part. And then you kind of abandon ship and then go and start another book. <laughs> yeah, it's true. You have like tons of unfinished drafts. Your mm-hmm. drawer fills up. It's funny. You know, one of the things that, that it was hard for me to start writing a book the first time I, I did. It. And actually, that's not even true. Every time it, there is always something in your head that goes, well, but you could just blog and that'll be fine. Mm-hmm. Or you could just do this. And, you know, one of the things that we just finished tax season as we're recording this, you guys actually in the U.S., your tax deadline has passed. I yesterday. Yep. Yesterday. <laughs> Ours is at the end of the month. So I had oh. a bit of time. Actually, I'm looking at my exp- – I filled out all my income, which oddly enough takes less time than filling out your expenses. Um, but uh, one of the things I noticed was that I had several revenue streams from book sales, You know, whether it's mm-hmm. Amazon, whether it's through Gumroad, which I used to sell – you know, my self-published stuff, whether it's royalties from the front nine that I get from my agent. And then there's other things I see trickling in from different sources like openbooks.com, which is where I put uh, the Productivityist workbook. And once you see that stuff start coming in, not only are you sharing the message, and, and I think that's important. I think it's important to get your work out there as, as much as possible. But also, the if you're... You, 
you get income and not just <laughs> which is which is kind of nice to see like your words some people will pay for your work and i think that that's something that that it doesn't drive me to do it but it's a nice side effect do you know what i mean absolutely i could not agree with you more i i really honestly didn't feel like a legitimate writer until i got that first payment because it felt like a hobby in my head even though i'm pouring all of this time all of this effort you know when you're spending more than you're making you know as a blogger especially um when when you actually get that first payment, it's a feeling that you you just cannot ever shake. It's like okay, now I'm bringing an income from this writing, and like you said, it's not the sole motivating reason at all. It's more, it's just like the ultimate cherry on the Sunday. <laughs> yeah, 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 and, and and I mean, what a lot of people get caught up in, at least, and I want to obviously tie this back to productivity, is that they don't have time. You know, I don't yeah. have time to write. I'm I'm blogging yeah. and I need to publish five times a week or whatever. Which and I've struggled with that too. We've actually just recently pulled down to two times per week at the blog, mm-hmm. mainly because not only can I, I mean, I'm working on obviously some writing projects, but people who are helping with the with the site also have other projects as well. Uh, one of which is is also a book, which we're gonna eventually you know kind of announce to the world as to what they're working on. But I mean. It, it, you you're always going to find these like little reasons not to um but it isn't as difficult as most people make out that's one of the big things they'll say oh it's too hard to write a book i have to outline it you've got in this course uh you know one of your blog posts actually is an insanely easy way to write write a book in this course i imagine that the the productivity component is definitely built in there it has to be not just efficient but effective at the same time absolutely absolutely i mean i wrote my first book when i was you know hustling on the side and, you know, working a full-time job. And I just, you know, I'm a dad. So I had all these constraints on me saying, don't write a book, don't write a book, you don't have time. But I, I firmly believe that everyone has time. And it's just a matter of, you know, establishing good routines. And it's not, it's not going to be the same exact time, you know, time needed for everyone who writes a book. You might want to write a short ebook and you might be able to even knock that out in a month. Or if you're writing a novel, it might take you a year. It doesn't matter. The, the point is to establish good routines and, you know, to do it at your own pace. I think that it's almost misleading when there's all these products out there saying write a book in three months or write a book in a year or write a book, you know, in a certain defined period of time. And honestly, I don't know if some people, you might not have the abilities to write, you know, a massive novel in six months um, as life kind of happens. As you know, Mike, it just gets mm-hmm. more complicated at times. Um, you, you mentioned earlier you, you were sick last week. I was sick last week. I mean, that that right there, there's a momentum thing, and that's going to shake your routines. And that's going to, you know, you're going to have to give yourself a little more time to kind of recover from that to get back into your good routines again. So I I just think that you you can absolutely write a book, but it's it's not like this one-size-fits-all time period. I think that it's, you know, working in the morning or working at night or writing on the bus or writing on your lunch hour or, you know, writing only on Saturdays. It's not something I would highly encourage, but you know what? Writing only on Saturdays is a whole lot better than not writing at all. 
if you go right at this at the same coffee shop every Saturday from you know a designated amount of time, and let's face it, you know we have families and spouses, you might not get the same exact amount of time, but you're going to get more done if you establish good routines like that. And I, I just, you know, Mike, I think I'd love to just kind of simplify the writing process. Can I break that down, like what it looks like to me? Yeah, absolutely. Because I think a lot of people they 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 get caught up. I know I did when I mean yeah. the idea of writing a book proposal. I hated. I still hate it. <laughs> I'd rather just write the flipping book, and that's one of the yeah. things that paralyzes me. So yeah, if you could simplify it and drill it down for people, maybe they're going to say, you know what, this doesn't seem all that daunting when you look at it from from that perspective. Absolutely. Now, first and foremost, like in the course, when you dive in, the first thing you have to do is brainstorm and come up with an idea. And not all ideas are good. Not all ideas are bad. You have to let it kind of, you know, permeate and think about it. And you have to reflect on it. Because if you just dive into a book with a really vague, fuzzy idea, that's a great way to burn yourself out really quickly. Because you'll just, you'll just hit a stopping point and you'll be like, oh, uh, there's nothing else there. And I think that's kind of writer's block 101 right there where, mm. okay, well, I wrote out this idea and I didn't really have any kind of plan at all. That's that's just that's what most of us do. But you have to go in slowly and kind of take it step by step. You're going to have to come up with some form of outline or some kind of mind map or at least the beginning middle and end for your book before you can really attack that rough draft. And I don't think many people do that. I know I sure didn't. I just went off of momentum and I had something burning in my gut and I just had to pour it on the page. And that's how I had a lot of books that were, you know, a third of the way finished. And no one ever, you know, the good news is those ideas and topics do come back over time, but it it's just, it's nothing kills momentum or, you know, any kind of confidence, like starting a book and then finishing after, you know, finishing a quarter of it. So I think, I think you just kind of have to have a map. You have to have a, a, a guideline and yeah, yeah. that beginning and middle and end. I know it's something that screenwriters do and it doesn't have to be, you know, 100% defined. I'm not a rule follower kind of guy. I mean, that's mm-hmm. like, I do not love hard rules. I think that they can kind of actually you know, reduce creativity. But if you just go in with like, okay, this is at least where I know I'm starting. And this is where I know I want to finish. You can fill in the middle as you start to write. You don't have to have it all figured out, but you have to have at least an idea. Yeah, it's 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 interesting when you look at even your I'm going to bring this back to productivity a little bit. A lot of people, they'll just write at their to-do list with no direction. They just know they have a bunch of stuff on their list that they need to get done. <laughs> the writing process often goes the same way where you just write, 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 and you're like, okay, now how do I fit this into this box? Oh, mm-hmm. wait, I don't have a box for this. Oops, I should have bought the box first, right? It's like it's like yeah. buying a couch for your house and then going to put it through the door and not realizing, oops, uh, the door's not big enough. You or know I what don't I mean? have a so, living room. <laughs> or I don't have a living room at all, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I think that a lot... I mean, Stephen Pressfield talks about the fool scat method, which I'm sure you've read about. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. You know, I and, and, and I mean, whatever it takes, whether it's writing it down, uh, like, you know in that format, whether it's using a digital tool, like to mind map it out or, or whether it's just, you know, getting a whiteboard and just hashing it out like that. I know Pat Flynn's talked about what he does on his smart passive income podcast about how he actually 
pro the, the actual process of writing for him. He just grabs post-it notes and starts just writing topic ideas down. Absolutely. I love Pat Flynn's take on it. I kind of even take that with a different angle. And in all honesty, that's really just a nice physical way to do a mind map and to sort it. And just keeping in mind, you're not going to, you know, spit it all out in order. And that's why I love Scrivener so much. I do talk about Scrivener in the course because I do not have the ability to write A, B, C, D, E, F, G, like in order. I do not have that. So I'm when I write, it's like B, X, Y, Z, A, F. And I have to sort it out. I mean, there's something about structure and you have to make sure it actually makes sense um, that I just I have to, you know, take the take, step back and resort it. And I think a lot of people are like that. And that's why, you know, the writing process can be so much harder. And then, you know, the, there's an elephant in the room here, too. There's the critic. There's the fear. And there's also that little editor that lives in your head and says, no, this isn't any good. So in some cases, you're throwing out a lot of things and it's already kind of messy by default. And then you're pulling pieces out. And it's just it takes some time to, you know, figure out the puzzle pieces. It's not like it's an overnight, you know, aha moment per se. It takes some time to get into the writing process and say, okay, you know what, this just, this wasn't in order. I should have moved this to the end. How do you propose when people are looking at starting a book? Uh, obviously, you talk about the outline. What's the, what's the biggest thing that they can do like right now? If they're saying, hey, you know what, Jim, I'm, I'm other than buy your course. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, like yeah. if you have to give them a, a like, hey, here's, here's a quick nugget. This is, this will provide and pay off huge dividends if you just do this one simple thing. Uh, it's going to make uh, make or break or at least get you well on your way to, you know, getting that book from, you know, rough draft or not even rough draft out of your just head. Just it out. Yeah, exactly. Oh, wow, that's the best question I've ever heard there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I would say on that, you really have to make sure you have something to say. You have to have something to say. You can't just go force a book out. There has to be something to say. My good friend John Acuff told me um, once, I, I asked him a similar question, and he's like, you have to be sure you have a book inside you. And I think that most of us do, but the problem lies in that it might be a couple ideas. Well, then just pick one idea. You can't, you can't write a novel you know, or write a couple novels at the same time and do it really well. And you just have to pick one and that's what you're going to focus on. You could probably work on two books at the same time if you've already, you know, been through the process. But it's it's a whole lot easier just to pick one idea and kind of ride it out versus, you know, okay, I've got a grab bag of all these good ideas and I'm not sure, so I'll do them all at once. And, and just because... You have those two great ideas for your book, whatever. I mean, work on one. It doesn't mean you don't get to do the other one later. Yeah. Like so many people yeah. say like, but but I want to like just do the other one later on. Um, that's what I'm noticing with this two book process I've been working on is that, you know what? The second book, which is the one that I'm probably going to submit for book proposals and so on and so forth, it it can wait mainly because it may wait by demand, but sure. also in terms of it's not the one that 
because it's actually because of those parameters that I'm finding that I'm not working on it as much. The other book, the one that I'm going to be self self publishing, that's the one that's able to move forward that much quicker because there's so much more certainty surrounding it. You always have to be aware that fear is a driving force. It might tell you in some ways it's like the more afraid you are of the project that means that that's that concept of resistance, you know, Stephen Pressfield resistance resistance you're 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 probably going to be a little more cutting edge. Maybe it's a little scary because you really really have a strong opinion on it. And that can be something that, you know, fear is almost a great compass in that regard. But when you're a first-time author especially, you got to almost come to the realization that, hey, you know what? I'm just getting my feet wet. I'm just getting started here. I'm going to only write, you know, better and better the more I do this. So I think you almost have to give yourself a little grace, too, in that it's something completely new. Right, right. And 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 like you said, I mean, when anything new, people are going to suck at it first. Yeah. Right? You know, they're not going to. So give yourself permission to also suck. Like that first draft. Oh, don't, yeah. And I've done this before. Uh, you know, you get the first draft out there and you figure, you know what? I want to have this book done by this date. So the first draft is going to be the draft that I submit to. Don't do that. <laughs> do not do that because you're wasting the editor's time. And get an editor, by the way. Like, get an editor. I mean, you, you need to. <laughs> I know that, you know, even for blog posts and stuff, that's becoming a bit more commonplace as well. We've talked about yeah. it. Um, yeah, absolutely. Because, because it, you're right. Things can kind of go off the rails a bit. And honestly, if you work with an editor closely enough, especially somebody who's working with you on your blog and then your book, they may be able to say, hey, you know what? You know what, Mike? Let's use me as an example. This is mm-hmm. great. This should go in your book, not in the blog. Or you're giving away to, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, like yeah. You can you can have this interconnectivity there. And again, we're talking maybe a little bit further down the road for most people. No, I no, I agree completely. And I think that a lot of uh, folks who they maybe they've been blogging a while, and people get really, you know, there's there's a lot of different opinions on it. You know, if if you should write an ebook from your blog posts, but I think there is absolutely nothing wrong with giving yourself inspiration and you you know expanding on those blog posts. And it's almost like you can treat it kind of like a, a diving board of sorts, where you can even you know just give a sneak preview for what the book's to you know going to have in it. And it just it, it all flows together. But you can't replace, you know, actual, you know, r- process of writing a book with just blog posts. And no. I think that's something you have to learn firsthand. And I, I replaced, you know, writing books with blog posts because it was just simply easier. And that's not a reason, you know, to it's it's there's definitely some fear in there where it's like, oh, well, I can do this. I know I can do this. I've done this before. But you grow when you try things that you've never done before. It, you know, you, you learn to swim when you, you know, get in the deep water and you versus just playing in the shallow end. You know, we have options galore now online. And if you're a first time, you know, author and you're scared to death with this whole process, why not put out a free ebook? Put it up on Amazon. I don't see enough freemium products out there, you know, perma free on Amazon from a blogger perspective, you know? Yeah, you could do it at Amazon. There's openbooks.com, which is a fairly new platform that I put the workbook on, the Productivious workbook on. Um, it, 
it's a pay what you want model. So people, you, you nice. can put your book nice. there. Yeah, you put your book there, and then if if people at the after they're done reading it, they'll it gets to the end and they say, okay, well, how how much would you like to pay? And I made a little bit of money there, not a lot, but right. I mean that's not the point. I think if you're a first time author or a new author, or you just want to try a different model, I know Pat Flynn tried the the snippet model mm-hmm. not too long ago with Let Go and. And there's lots of those out there, right? So I think that that you're right. There's no shortage of opportunities and there's really no shortage of time if you leverage your your capability of saying, okay, how do I how do I allocate the amount of time? What do what do I not do so I can do this? And that's another yeah. thing. We uh, we do a lot of, okay, well I will write this book, <laughs> but you know, um, Arrow is on and yes, I have a PVR and I can watch whenever I want, but you know, <laughs> I don't want right. to get spoilers on Twitter, so I'm going to watch it right now. Do you know what I right, mean? Right, right, right. Yeah, that's the instant gratification thing, and I struggle with it just as much as anyone else because I, I think that my core, like what really fires me up is story. I love, you know, watching TV shows and movies and all of that, and it's and you really have to prioritize it, and, you know, sometimes you're just going to fail. I, I'll, I'll admit it firsthand. I mean, you know, Breaking Bad, that was like the end of my, you know, end of uh, one of my books and I just dove into that and I'm like I got so lost in that my writing took a back seat for a little while but when you're self-employed you don't really have any you know form of luxury to do that anymore no now now <laughs> one of the things you actually mentioned was instant gratification now the other reason I think people gravitate towards blogging versus book writing is once you hit yeah. publish it's out there yeah. so that's the instant gratification Absolutely. what do you recommend I mean, I know this is one tool I like is the fact that Scrivener has a daily word count target. So you could mm-hmm. do that in Scrivener, which I think is a great, like, kind of, uh, you know, again, the closest you're going to get to that instant gratification. What do you suggest to people who struggle with that? Well, I just want to have that. They need that to keep themselves going. Do you have any, you know, tips or tricks that you would recommend for you know, people who are. I, I love the Pomodoro technique. I just love it, love it, love it because it's so flexible. I think that you could easily, you know, replace the shorter breaks. You know, Pomodoro traditionally is like five to ten minute breaks. Uh, you know, I think you could, I think you could hack that down, and you know, every four work sessions, give yourselves a reward. You know, I, I like that idea, especially with, you know, I think it's so easy to binge watch way too many shows on Netflix and all of these things. Well, why not do that at night, right in the morning when you're fresh? You know, I mean, I know I'm, I'm a bit of a night owl, which that sounds a little counterintuitive, but the truth not, is... Not, not to me, not to you me. You know what I'm saying? As a <laughs> night owl, yeah. I, I know my words are just not as good, and I just start running out of mental energy. Well, Jim... We're going to wrap things up now, but I want to uh, make sure that everyone goes out and checks out your new course, as well as some of the stuff you're doing. You know, you're doing stuff elsewhere as well. I mean, you're doing a lot of writing on your blog. Uh, you've done, I think you've done a couple for Productivity so far. I'm sure you'll do some more down the line, but where can people find the course? And also, where can people find you online? Uh, you can go to, um, the course is writepublishshare.com. And you can find out what I'm up to at jimwoodswrites.com. And also, Mike, I'd like to offer a special deal just to your listeners because Ah. I I appreciate you having me on so much. If they use the code productivityist um, with the course, they'll get an additional $50 off. Again, that code is productivityist. 
And there you have it. Thanks to Jim Woods for joining me this week on the podcast. Don't forget to take advantage of his special offer for Write, Publish, Share. He's opened it up specifically for Productivity as Podcast listeners. So I encourage you to take advantage of it, especially if you're working on trying to make your writing more efficient, more effective, and get that book done and get things out there. Uh, I have another special offer lined up for you. Thanks to the fine folks at Blinkist. Now, for those of you who have listened to the episode where I talk about how to read better, uh, my reading workflow and all the stuff I talk about in there, uh, you'll know that I use Blinkist a lot. I love Blinkist and they are giving uh, a great deal, 50% off a subscription. And these subscriptions, uh, whether you go with the traditional uh, plus plan or the premium plan, uh, you're going to get a great deal. Uh, for the year, it's normally 50 bucks or $49.99 for Blinkist Plus, and for Blinkist Premium, normally it's $79.99. You're going to get this for $25 for the Plus or $39.99 for Blinkist Premium. You can choose from 900 books and 40 new titles each month for Blinkist Plus. It's going to highlight and allow you to store important snippets, which is what I use a lot for the research and stuff that I do, whether it's for writing uh, articles or working on the books or, or even just getting subject matter for the podcast. And you can even read your whole library offline. Uh, the p- premium edition, of course, adds even more. You can listen to the new uh, books. If you like audio stuff, then that's the way to go. So if you've been using Audible and you're not able to get through those books or you want to get some more nonfiction books and use your Audible subscription for, say, more fiction-oriented uh, material, then you can use Blinkist to get some of the best nonfiction and business books out there and get them in audio format. Uh, you can also sync and store highlights with Evernote, and I'm a big user of Evernote, so you can do that. And that means that you can kind of keep all your research, if you're doing research, and that's what I do, in Evernote uh, rather than have it all over the place or just, you know... Uh, clipping it and copying and pasting it and putting it elsewhere. And then you can send your next reads right to your Kindle as well. So if you want to use your Kindle as your reader of choice, if it's the only apparatus you want to use, Blinkist Premium allows you to do that. So all you need to do is go to productivityist.com slash Blinkist and you're there. That's how you do it. Uh, It's pretty simple. Um, you're going you're gonna to get access to uh, all of that stuff. There's lots of great reasons to, to use Blinkist. Uh, give it a try. I've been using it for well over a year now, and it's made my reading happen much more effectively, much more efficiently. And again, like I said, I kind of use it to decide what books I might want to buy in full. So give it a try. Again, productivityist.com slash Blinkist. It'll be in the show notes. And thanks again for supporting the podcast, either as a Patreon supporter, which you can do by going to Productivityist or Patreon.com slash Productivityist. Go there and you can subscribe uh, and get the enhanced edition of the podcast, which has a few more uh, things in there. Uh, that you'll be able to get that you wouldn't get in the in the general version of the podcast. And it also helps make the show better. Uh, you know, I've got uh, an editor that's going to help us out with the show now, uh, John Polstra. He's uh, great, and I'm looking forward to being able to make things even better with the show. Uh, so you can go to patreon.com slash productivities to contribute there. If you like the show, uh, leave us a rating review in iTunes or Stitcher or wherever your podcast aggregator is. And also share the show, you know, via social media. That'd be great, too. It helps more people find us. So uh, until next week, thanks again for joining me and keep moving things forward. Take care. <laughs>